0: When they announced it, we just thought, no, we've got to sort of turn this group into um, like an advocacy lobby group. It's just going to be mayhem. I mean, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic now. These buses and trucks are all going to end up on Bunurong Road, Anzac Parade, on, on different beaches. Here we are again dredging the bay, and they're going to have to do a lot of maintenance dredging after that. So you can just imagine what that will mean
1: Hi, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today we're talking with Maria Poulos, who's the convener of the Save Yarra Bay Coalition. We're talking about the proposed cruise ship terminal at Yarra Bay, the impact it will have on our local community, including our roads and environment, whether or not there's a business case, and the thoughts from the La Perouse Land Council. Maria, welcome to Coogee Voice. Let's start off. Tell us a bit about yourself and the
0: Save the Bay Coalition. Good morning, Marjorie. Uh, Well, the Save the Bay Coalition was formed about a year and a half ago now um, when the government first announced it was looking at Yarra Bay and Molyneux Point as options for the third cruise terminal for Sydney. Uh, We actually started as responsible runners, Yarra Bay, like we were a a group of us used to clean the beach. When they announced it, we just thought, no, we've got to sort of turn this group into um, like an advocacy lobby group. And uh, so it was just a friend, a few friends of ours at first. and then it grew. It just kept growing. We had a Facebook page and you know Instagram, and suddenly we had like two thousand then 4,000, now five thousand followers. And then we we sort of started bringing in you know councils and you know the land you know, different uh, sort of experts in the community to be, to be part of the coalition. So now we're actually a coalition. We, we have a number of groups aligned, faith-based organisations, businesses, um, different other community groups, and we're building the coalition to show the government that the whole community is united against this ridiculous, this madness to, <laughs> to destroy a bay, to destroy Botany Bay, in fact. And we can talk about that, but it's not just the Arrow Bay that's going to be affected. It's um, a number of beaches around Botany Bay.
1: So, Maria, for the listeners, can you tell us what actually is proposed for Yarra Bay?
0: What they're proposing is a mega cruise ship terminal. We're actually calling it probably the biggest cruise ship terminal in Australia because they have big ambitions. They want to bring those monster ships in, the mega ships that take up to 8,000 people. They want to build, I think it's two berths, a big terminal structure. We've heard recently that that terminal structure might actually be on piers water side not land side. So you can imagine the destruction of building an on-water cruise terminal and the necessary infrastructure like a breakwater because anyone that knows Botany Bay will understand that the reason why they built Molyneux Point, the revetment wall, was to allow for commercial shipping because the swells come in, it's exposed to the ocean. So to build a cruise terminal uh, you need a breakwater and that's going to take up most of the bay it's going to be an island breakwater and that is going to cause massive damage around Botany Bay. We can talk about that as well.
1: Maria, I even know that when the swell's too big that the commercial ships have huge difficulty getting in and sometimes have to wait Mm -hmm. out there for hours and hours on end. What's the plan around that?
0: Well, the plan around is that they're going to build this breakwater, and they they think that's going to control the you know the swells going into the um the area where the, the cruise berths are going to be, but we know by building that breakwater, we've done the modelling. We know it's gonna cause waves to rebound. They're gonna bounce off that wall and they're gonna go rebounding back over, um, you know, the chip, shipping channel to Kernell, They're gonna sort of uh, crash into Kernell and that shoreline is going to be affected. Um, it's gonna cause disturbed seas, so that will affect um, not you know, um, recreational fishing, other vessels. It will be a disaster for botany bait. Now, this is our busiest commercial port this is the lifeblood of our economy and they want to re-engineer Botany Bay. It's just bonkers. It's like I don't know what they're
1: thinking. 8,000 people coming off a boat, going into the suburban streets um, around Maroubra, Matraville, flowing down into Coogee. Tell us a little bit about what do you think the impact that's going to have on our local amenity and streets?
0: Well, this is one of the biggest things about the cruise terminal. Now, you do the maths, 8,000 passengers, two ships a day, Okay, it's only going to be four months a year, three to four months a year, but they're talking about using the port for other purposes, tourism purposes, when the big ships aren't in. Now, we know that um, traffic is projected to grow around around the Botany area from 3,000 to something like 6,900 trucks a day, and that's why they're building the city Gateway. Now, the city Gateway is not going to really take the traffic off the roads. What's going to happen is all those people that come to Yarra Bay and we've, we know the figures, 7,500 a day uh, in the summer months come off um, the M5 and around Sydney to Yarra Bay. They're all going to come to Coogee Beach. They're all going to come to Marubra Beach. That traffic is going to end up on other beaches. The buses and the trucks and the everything that the cruise terminal will need will end up on, on our streets. Bunnerong Road, Anzac Parade, Foreshore Road, it will be bumper-to-bumper traffic. It will be chock-a-block. So, uh, you know, they they say they're doing their traffic analysis. Well, I think, you know, it's all going to be spin. They want the cruise terminal, obviously, so they're just going to spin the figures. But we know that it will be traffic mayhem. But isn't there a business case? there is a business case there is the preliminary strategic business case they did that's public servants speak for um, a feasibility study that they've done now when save yarrow bay went to see the port authority they said to us first they started by saying oh no no there's no information to share it's all a myth you know well there's nothing to you just have to wait for us to do this detailed business case which is going to take another you know six months to a year but we do know there's a strategic business case. They've done it. They they won't release it. They're saying it's cabinet in confidence, and so we put in a GIPA. That's a freedom of information request, and we know that there are 1,800 documents that they have. They won't release. So how do we, as a community, provide meaningful feedback to them? How do we, you know, respond to them if they don't release the business case? It's it's just ridiculous. We know that the the cruise industry uh, has seen the business case. We know that certain people in the private sector have seen the business case because they're doing market sounding. So they're sharing all this information with um, with certain stakeholders, but they're not sharing it with the people most affected, the community. And we're saying to them, release the bloody business case so we can provide a response.
1: Maria, we know that the number of people wanting to go on cruise ships is increasing. Mm. Is there an
0: alternative for Sydney? There, is, there are alternatives. In fact, um, they've done a number of studies that show that Garden Island can be a shared facility. And Peter Collins, who led the Cruise Industry Reference Group looking into this, has actually he actually achieved consensus amongst all the stakeholders for Garden Island to be a shared facility. But when he released the report to the New South Wales government and the Cabinet considered it, they thought it was a great idea too. But the then Prime Minister made a captain's call and, um, and basically shelved the proposal. So he said, no, we can't have it at garden island because, get this, because cultural and heritage and national security. Now, we, our area is culture and heritage. Our whole area is a heritage precinct. It's where Captain Arthur Phillip land, it's where the indigenous people have had continuous connection to the land for thousands of years. That's cultural heritage. But they're basically saying no garden island is not on the table but we want at this forum this sunday community forum we want to revisit that we want to say hey scott morrison this is going to affect your electorate when the waves go rebounding onto Cornell and they affect the wetlands at Tower Point and all of that, this is going to affect your electorate. So have a look at that report that Peter Collins did a year ago, a year and a half ago, that nobody considered. We know for a fact that Malcolm Turnbull did not even read the report. There was no consideration of that report. Well, that's bad policy. They're going for this billion-dollar cruise terminal at Botany Bay when there is a much cheaper alternative at Garden Island and it's the perfect spot for a cruise terminal and that's what cruise passengers want. They want they want to come into Sydney Harbour and see the beauty of our harbour. That's why people come to Australia, not to see Port Botany. Isn't it already being used by the Queen Mary that doesn't fit underneath the bridge? It's already being used by you know um it's being used by the Queen Mary. Um, in fact You know, somebody actually called me yesterday. Um, somebody that used to work for Sydney Ports, and he said, "Well, during the Olympics, we had we used that for three months. We used um, Garden Island. All the ships came in, and big ships came in, and they stayed there, and it was all fine, and everyone was happy." Well, I don't, I don't care if they say the navy's expanding. That that facility is is big enough to take an expanding navy and to take a cruise terminal,
1: Maria. You know, the boats arrive 6 a.m. People are disembarking from 7 a.m. Anzac Parade is chock-a-block as it is. It's really hard getting up and down Evoker Street anytime <laughs>
0: past
1: 7.15. You know, thousands of people disembarking. What impact is this going to have on all of our local roads?
0: It's just going to be mayhem. I mean, I, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic now. These buses and trucks are all going to end up on Bunurong Road, Anzac Parade, on on different beaches. People that come to Yarra Bay and La Perouse and all the be- um, those beaches that will be affected. So they'll be heading to Maroubra, Coogee, Bronte, and Bondi. That's what they'll be doing because that's what tourists want to see. They want to see our beautiful beaches. So they'll be you know they won't be going along Botany Road. They'll be taking them along the coastal road. So that you can that's what you have to look forward to.
1: You don't think they want to stay around Kernel and watch those smokestacks?
0: No, no, I don't think so. <laughs>
1: Maria, you've touched on this briefly, but the Indigenous community around La Perouse has the longest and oldest connection to land. What does the La Perouse Land Council think about this?
0: They're against it. um, They've passed a resolution saying they oppose it. Um, We have a number of different groups down there that have formed um, to campaign against it. Uh, they're 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 absolutely opposed. There's even talk of having a tent embassy on the beach in the future, so you know they're all organizing and they're um they're going to stand they they actually said to me the other day we're going to stand in front of the bulldovers. this is going to be the end of our cultural fishing. This is the oldest established community in Sydney and think how many times are they going to have this you know this land grab and sea grab how many times are they going to be you know um, have their land taken from them? They, they are the traditional owners and to have this put upon them has, has actually traumatised the community. Maria, as a supporter of the Uluru Statement myself, mm-hmm. have they been consulted? Well, you know, we have had this process now for a year and a half. The first time they were consulted was about two weeks ago, a few days after Save the Bay Coalition had the meeting with the Port Authority. So that says a lot, doesn't it? Like they've got this preliminary strategic business case which has basically led them to deem the cruise terminal technically feasible to proceed to a detailed business case and they didn't even speak to the Indigenous, the First Peoples, the um, the La Perouse Land Council or any other group in the community. It says it all, doesn't it?
1: Maria, so who is then really lobbying the government
0: behind the scenes to get this through? It's the cruise lines, in particular Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean has been pushing for a long time uh, because it wants to build the wants to bring these monster ships in that don't fit under the harbour bridge. So they need this they say they need this thir- third cruise terminal. They've actually said that they' will partner with the New South Wales government to build this, they're going to contribute to the cost of building it, and they're now looking for joint venture partners and other investors. So they're the major culprits, which is why we've announced a boycott of Royal Caribbean. So we're joining other groups around the world in boycotting Royal Caribbean, and we ask everyone to join that, um, spread the word, get on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and let's build that that campaign. It's like a mini campaign under the big campaign. So
1: if anyone would like to get involved with the Save Yarra Bay Coalition, how can they do that?
0: They can follow us on Facebook. We're at Save the Bay Coalition uh, on Facebook. Um, We're on Instagram, Saviara Bay. We're also on Twitter now. We also have a website, SaviaraBay.com. We have a number of protest actions planned in the next couple of months, three in fact, one outside the information sessions that the Port Authority will be holding at Prince Henry Centre at Little Bay, one at the overseas passenger terminal when Royal Caribbean come in, And the other will be on the water protest in january or february which dates to be advised we're going to have boats and paddle uh, uh, surfboards and other vessels on the water with signs and the media present uh, protesting and we'll also have a music event on the beach on the same day But there's lots of ways as well, letter writing that will announce different actions on the Facebook page and just keep bringing people of influence and people with expertise to the coalition because what we're doing as well is we're trying to build an evidence base for when they do have the formal consultations. So we want economists, we want marine biologists, we want engineers and hydrologists and hydraulics experts, anyone that can provide some useful information to us and help us build that community case, please come, come and speak to us.
1: Maria, are there any dangers associated with building a cruise ship terminal in Yarra
0: Bay? There are many dangers and one one particular one I want to point out to people is that you know there are toxic contaminants lying in the seabed in botany bay Yarra bay now they'll need to dredge for this cruise terminal now we know from the port botany expansion what happened then that all those contaminants ended up you know in our water supply on different beaches and polluting the groundwater they're going to have to dump that somewhere last time they dumped it just off the coast of coogee that might happen again it's, it's just, it's, you know, what do you say? Like we know this. the EPA has told, has warned about the PFAS and the PFOS under Botany Bay. And here we are again, dredging the bay and they're going to have to do a lot of maintenance dredging after that. So you can just imagine what that will mean in terms of pollution of our coastline.
1: Maria, thank you for such an insightful interview and for joining us on Coogee Voice today.
0: Thank you for um, inviting me today. It's been a great opportunity to share with you some of um, the stuff we've been hearing and to get people involved. So thank you.
1: Now, Maria, before you go, I just do three sort of little light questions to wrap it up. What is your favourite cafe or place to eat in eastern suburbs, your favourite beach and where can you get the best coffee?
0: Lion and Buffalo and Heritage Cafe and Billy's and, oh, there are so many I like, but um, I'll say Lion and Buffalo. And we so, are pretty spoiled in the East of us, aren't we? We are. We are. I, I always have a new favorite cafe, but um, I'll say Lion Buffalo today. Favorite beach has to be Yarra Bay, without a doubt. And the, what was the third question? Best coffee. Best coffee, uh, Lion and Buffalo, Billy's, the heritage cafe. I'm saying the same things again. Maybe this know. is better. Where should you avoid getting coffee from? Oh, that's, oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I'll say Maccas. (laughs) Good call.
1: Well, thank you again, Maria, for being on this episode of Coogee Voice. Thank you so much. It was great to have Maria on the show explaining the impact of a cruise ship terminal to Yarra Bay. Now, this is something that I feel incredibly strongly about, and I want the community to know that I will be fighting this. There isn't a single person that I've met across the eastern suburbs that supports this and thinks that this is a good idea. Now, if you'd like to get involved, check out the Save the Yarra Bay Facebook page and website and there'll also be information included in the show notes. That's it for this episode of Coogee Voice. Thanks for listening.